right. Welcome, everybody. It is episode 67 of Hot Take from the Kitchen. We took a couple weeks off, and now we're back. Just being Steve night. No guest. So, all right. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Hot Take from the Kitchen. And our email address is hottakefromthekitchen at gmail.com. It is H-O-T-T-A-K-E-F-R-O-M-T-H-E-K-I-T-C-H-E-N at gmail.com. And we do have an email. It is from frequent listener and occasional emailer Karen Grahusky. And she says, hi, guys. I enjoyed catching up on the pod episodes during my recent road trip. Keep up the great work. I was wondering if you'd be so kind as to share the following with your listeners. Friends of the Library are collecting new books for children birth to 17 years old as part of the Blizzard of Books program. These books will ensure that each child that receives a Christmas basket from the Salvation Army will have, a, have at least one book. Books can be dropped off at the Alpena Public Library during business hours by December 11th. So I'm guessing from now when you're hearing this until December 11th. Thank you for helping give the gift of reading, Karen. So, you have any books, drop them off at the library. New books. New books. For kids. Primarily, right? Uh, That's what it sounded like. When birth I to 17 years old. Yeah, so younger books geared toward kids. Yes. So, good program. Maybe we'll buy a book. Go buy a book. Check it out. Yes. So, right. I don't know why I did that. Because now we're going to move to the trivia question. And the last question we asked was, sinkholes are created when the roof of an underground cavern collapses. Did you know that there are about 100 of these natural geologic wonders in the Alpena area? There are five locations that are open for public viewing. Can you name them? I knew two. The one on Lear Road, which I don't know the name of it. And then there's the one at Rockport. Yes. But I don't know the other three. I think the one on Lear Road is Mystery Valley. Okay. And then there's Stevens Twin Sinks. I have no idea where that is. There's the Brewski Sink, Rockport State Recreation Area Sinks, Misery Bay Sink, which is underwater, mm-hmm. and Mystery Valley are open for public viewing. I wanted to, I want to drone the Rockport ones. The problem is, I don't know if those, those of you who know about it, but it's like a mile in. So it's like a good mile, mile and a half bike ride in. Or walk, hike. So it's just kind of like, uh, not saying it's bad, it's just like, you know. But it's, I've been back there on a mountain bike and it's neat. Sinkholes are cool. And then the one on Leah Roads, like I said, has no water. Like we talked about that last episode. It's like a land channel. It's kind of creepy, but it's cool nonetheless. Yeah. So, <clears throat> on the news, I think last year, the year before, for their field trip Friday. So, Looked interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
family went out one time to Brockport to look for the sinkholes because Zachary wanted to see them, but couldn't ever find them there. We didn't know if we were going the right way or what. So you, you know where that two-track is with the light pole? There's a two-track light pole that you go up to, and that, you go down about that, it's almost a mile. And then if you go to the right, there's the beach, and if you go to the left, it kind of weaves its way back, and then it goes up and then around and down, and that's where the sinkhole is. So once it, you go up that mile on that two-track, it's only like maybe a tenth of a mile, quarter mile back there, but it's that long stretch on that two-track, yeah. which would be really fun to do, like on a side beach, but I mean, on a mountain bike, it was zero fun. And hiking would probably be a little bit better because I just had a really miserable mountain bike experience that day. So I blame Rick Houchin. That's always fun to blame him. I think we're in the wrong area anyway when we went. Yeah. All right. And this week's question is, and I was struggling to find one we haven't asked yet. So. Ooh, we're getting toward the end. I like we it. Are. And the question is, behind the Besser Museum for Northeast Michigan lies a charming historic village. Here you will, you will discover four restored and maintained century-old buildings from the Alpena region. Can you name all four? I'm sorry, one more time. Behind the Besser Museum for Northeast Michigan lies a charming historic village. Mm -hmm. Here you will discover four restored and maintained century-old buildings from the Alpena region, can you name all four? I know what two of them are, but I can't. Well, I think three. One's a saloon, right? Mm. I know there's the schoolhouse, but I don't remember, don't remember the name of the schoolhouse. There's no saloon. There's the church, schoolhouse. I thought it was a saloon and a general store, but I could. So obviously, I had two of the four. <clears throat> yes, and the school is named after a color. A color? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we can talk about that next week. Yeah. <clears throat> I know I've been back there for that tour. Yeah. It's been a long time. Back there a couple of weeks ago, first time I went to the museum. So. Oh, really? Yeah. So, let's talk about that really quick. All right. Um, I've been to the museum a handful of times the past year or so, um, and I'm always thoroughly impressed by it. It's like a... I think we tend to forget about it with Noah being built. And, yeah. You know, I mean, we're obviously fans of the loft, so I don't feel bad about being a fan of the loft. But um, especially from a historical perspective, some of their exhibits are absolutely amazing. Their um, their NASA one was just off the chains. I think it was the NASA one, or at least the moon landing, and when we went. Yeah. They had a little World War II one going on. They're phenomenal. They really are. Yeah. I mean, considering what spoiled. Yeah. It's a Smithsonian. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, it's, if you're comparing it to, like, Michael Jordan, I mean, like. I know. Yeah. It's, and especially if you really compare it to the state of Michigan, it's. For know, the area. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yes. So. I would go back. Maybe. Yeah. I would go back. Yeah. All right. Have any hot takes? Well, I mean, we have lots we could talk about. Let's start from the big. Let's start big and work our way down. So, probably the biggest thing in sports was Miles Garrett deciding he wanted to pull out the helmet and try to beat somebody with it. 
Yeah. We've talked a lot about it. We yeah. actually have. Like, over the past three days, I think we've talked about it almost every day the past three days. So, mm, The situation escalated, but I don't know. I think he shouldn't have done it. Sure. Yeah. And Mason, Mason Rudolph shouldn't have tried to be a hero and fight him. Well, he definitely escalated the situation yes. as we talked about. Yes. So they're both at fault, but one is taking the brunt of the whole thing because he tried to kill a guy. Yeah. No way. So, but I guess his hearing will be Wednesday for his appeal, Miles Garrett, and he's going to do it in person. So. I don't think you and I have a problem with what Miles Garrett happened to him. I think our problem was is that we feel like Rudolph should have gotten some type of punishment yeah. other than just – I mean, I'm sure he's going to get fined. But he a couple times escalated the situation oh, yeah. and definitely antagonized. Well, it's tough because if you watch that whole game, there was a lot of bad juju going on that whole game. And then what didn't happen – did you watch the game? No. Okay, so – First of all, there was a lot of a lot of bad juju going on that game. A lot of hits. It's a division rivalry. Yeah. So I mean, the one guy got carted off the field with an illegal hit by the Browns. So like, I think I got thrown out of the game. <clears throat> so then what happened? My understanding is is that this play that we're talking about got time got put back on the clock. So the game was over, and it was a penalty that was called. So then they put eight seconds back on the clock, and they ran this play. Right. <laughs> I understand that also Mason Rudolph threw what, what four interceptions, three interceptions. He did not have a banner football day. Yeah. So, and of course, Pittsburgh went out there and tried to make a play instead of taking in a knee. Not very smart again. So, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have. You play hard the whole game. I can understand that. And of course, it was a late hit too. Oh, yeah. But of course, the problem with that late hit was is you have to understand is they they literally put time clock time back on the clock. So, like, Pittsburgh should have – I'm not saying they should have taken a knee, but Pittsburgh's whole attitude is we're going to play this thing through. Well, then, of course, Cleveland's attitude is, okay, let's play this thing all the way through. And, of course, then he gets the late hit that doesn't get called. Rudolph gets mad and blah, blah, blah. So it's like this whole thing just kept festering itself, and you could see it, you know, coming. But, yeah, I don't think – I mean, what do you think is a fair suspension for Miles there? I think the rest of the season is fair. So I think the NFL has to ask themselves, honestly, what are they trying to, like, if they want to just say, like, this is okay. And what I mean by that is, like, suspending him for the rest of the season, we'd be saying, hey, we don't like this, but we understand it. It's part of football. If you really wanted to say, we're not going to tolerate this at all, I think you suspend him this season and all of next season. And then he appeals it because it's already gone on. But And then if you wanted to make it this season after the appeal or maybe a couple – Well, lots of door open, but the in, indefinite suspension. So. Yeah, it's indefinite. So I think – and that's what I mean is like – and then if – or you make it this season and completely next season and then he has to earn it, like community service, anger management, blah, blah, blah. He's not like exactly had a great record this year. He's been already to find what hundred fifty thousand dollars for hitting quarterbacks illegally. So like, he set precedent that he is not a good. Well, you can push a quarterback down and get fined for it. Yeah, I, it's just a mess. And no matter what happens, 
there's going to be uproar over everything. Yeah. I think there would be, honestly, a less uproar if they would just suspend Mason Rudolph two games or a game, at least a game. But the fact that they haven't suspended him at all is where everything comes. No, I don't think they're going to. No, and I think that's where all this problem comes with because everyone wants to talk about all that he did and then how that's not being dealt with other than financially, which <clears throat> I think if you just suspend him a game and say, hey, you antagonize the situation here, you you have some fault into it, I think a lot of people would shut up. Because I don't think anyone that thinks grabbing the helmet and or once having the helmet in the hand and hitting him with it, I don't think anyone thinks that's right. No, no, I, I think pretty much everyone agrees that. He should I don't not think he was going to swing the helmet until Mason Rudolph came up again. Yeah. <laughs> well, then it, you, you hear so much that like once the helmet's removed, that's usually when everyone. And again, you're right. Mason came after him, and of course, people do that all the time. That it was their helmets. It's just no one's ever hung on the helmet and swung at the guy before. Yeah. So. Just a messy situation. I know, 100%, because Miles Garrett's edge is playing angry or probably playing like a certain level of, you know, there's no doubt. I think he probably blanked out in that situation. You know, he's just lost in the moment. And I think to to play a lead like that, he probably has to be aggressive and probably think crazy crap and just yeah. stuff like that. So, I mean, you're already putting him a man in a hyper situation and something like that. So it's just... You're right. It's a, it's a mess. So, all right. Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, see, Michigan is a two touch, almost a two touch, a two score favorite over at Indiana this weekend and the road. How do you feel about that? I'm a little worried about this. Hundred percent, hundred percent. This is this is in historically, as Michigan football fans, this is the game we lose. Yes, because we win the big game. We're all we're all the way up here. I mean, the Wisconsin game now, kind of in hindsight, looks like a lot worse of a loss than it probably was, but it probably is a blessing because it obviously shook things up for us. Oh, yeah. But this is the game they lose. I mean, we always just get really angry. I mean, we struggle in this game. Yeah, we struggle. Because we went to the game last year, and they just rolled the struggle bus the whole time. Yep. So, so let me ask you this. If Michigan spanks the living snot out of Indiana, how good do you think Michigan is? Like, if they really beat down Indiana on the road, Indiana is probably at least a top 20 team. They may not be ranked that way, but Indiana, we both know Indiana is a lot better than they are. Oh, yeah. I, I think Michigan is better than what people think they are, but they're not going to get the respect they want until they beat Ohio State. Right. Do you think they belong in the college playoffs? No. No. I don't think that's so either. And I think you and I have both a realistic view of what Michigan Wolverines are. They're a top 10 football team. They're not a top four or five football team. They're a top 10 football team. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, if they beat Indiana, if not, then put them at 19, 18, then that's where they belong. I mean, yeah. it's fun. And I had no expectations for this year coming in because I really wasn't paying attention anyway. Yeah. So. Because my focus was on basketball. And I haven't watched any of the basketball. <laughs> you sound like all my Michigan State friends now. They're all worried. They're all talking about basketball. So let's t- let's pivot there really quick. Um, well, first, let's finish out, round up the thought. I hear that uh, Coach D'Antonio is done at Michigan State. I haven't heard anything. What do you think? If, if, if I were to tell you that Coach D is done at Michigan State, what do you think he's going to do? I don't know. 
probably go somewhere else. Do you think it will go pros? Uh, no. Like I mean, the, like, like the you Bengals? might get some interviews. But I can see the Bengals interviewing them. The Bengals just hired a new coach. Well, you never know, though. I know. He might get some interest from the pros. But the Browns? Um, interesting. What about Texas? Did you see him at a big program like Texas? I don't think Texas is going to fire their coach. No, necessarily. I think it'll be. I think a mid-level, Big Five conference team. He's a good coach. I don't like him. He turned around Michigan State for a while. Yeah, I think. I mean, he brought some legitimacy to the Michigan State football program. I don't think he could. Didn't dispute that. And he's definitely better. He was the second best coach they've had in my lifetime next to Saban. Yeah. Saban, sorry. And, I mean, I, you, people could say what you want about Perlis. I get it. He is a great coach. But, I mean, let's be honest. Saban's a great football coach. I mean, wasn't the best at State. But yeah. He's grown. Well, I think he was. He actually did a really good job at Michigan State. He just didn't stick around long enough to get to the point where Coach D's gotten in, you know. Yeah. And, um, but, yeah. I saw, I was scrolling through Facebook today, and there's an article. I don't know where it was from, but the headline said, Michigan football is so much better than Michigan State. How did the, the talent gap get like this? That's just clickbait. Yeah. And I don't, sure, Michigan's better than Michigan State, but I don't think the talent gap, talent gap is that big. I don't know. Am I honest because opinion? Michigan State was kicking our ass so long ago. Not too long ago. No, I mean, no. I, I mean, you and I are realistic Michigan fans, right? So, I mean, Michigan State kicked their butt. I think the difference you saw with Michigan State versus Michigan, in my opinion, this is, I'm not saying that this is a, it's that. Michigan State had a lot, it still does get a lot of five-star recruit. Michigan State doesn't get a lot of five-star recruit. So, the talent gap is obvious because Michigan is able to recruit five-star kids. The, the main difference is, Saban gets these kids to stay four or five years, five being key. I'm not disrespecting that. I'm just saying he'll register a kid, and all of a sudden now you have a 24-year-old man going against a 20-year-old kid, or a 19-year-old kid. There's a difference there. You and I both know that. And when he gets these fifth-year kids and coaches them up and gets them from three-star to four, you know, some of those guys, uh, I mean, where you really look at it, he would have one or two kids to go to the NFL, but by and large, most kids that played at Michigan State didn't go to the NFL. I mean, sure, he had some, but most of it's just great coaching by him, yeah. and that's just what it is. And, but again, it's, when you just have when your program is set up where you're recruiting for seniors and you're going to play heavy junior seniors, and um, that's what was playing for Michigan last year, right? Disappointing is we finally had some juniors and seniors. Their expectation was up here. So I think you're going to see Michigan only get better because Harbaugh is getting to the point where Coach D is, where these kids now are juniors and seniors and continue to feed the program. And, you know, and say what you want, but maybe Harbaugh could coach it better. Maybe not. I don't know. That's a whole different conversation. But five-star kid to five-star kid either way. And not all of them pan out. Look at Alabama, because everyone in Alabama gets is a five-star kid almost, and not everybody from Alabama goes to the NFL. So, 
I mean, I don't think there's any more or less than an average program. It's just tough when you're Harbaugh carries a lot of weight with his name. And there's a lot of expectation with that. And, of course, he didn't do a very good job of quelling that. He came in hot. That was his move. What else does he have to do? I mean, he can't. But he he, wanted to boost the program. Yeah, he had to. He had to do that. You're right. You and I both know he had to. I mean, he's got Jordan and signed the Jordan brand, hyped it all up, brought on all of these high-name athletes. You know, how else are you going to get these kids to come to this school? I mean, he he had no choice but to do that. So, I mean, I always look back. When I think of Jim Harbaugh as a college coach, I still don't think of Michigan yet. I still think of his time at Stanford with Andrew Luck and what he was able to do with that. And if you would really look at that and keep in mind that's what he would like to do. Right. You know, then I just think that, you know, when you look at what he did with Andrew Luck and what he wants Shea Patterson to be and how he wants to run that offense and his offensive line to function. He's got expectations like everybody. Yeah, yeah. And to finish it out, round it out, I don't understand why you would want to get rid of them. I don't know either. Why would you want to get rid of these expectations? Like, you, why do you want to start over again? Well, you and I are mad because we want to win a Big Ten title. Not too long ago, you and I just wanted to have a 500 winning football yeah. team. Like, I get that you guys, I mean, the people want to win a national championship and all that stuff. But the reality is, is how many national championships did Michigan win, even when things were perfect? When things were absolutely perfect, when the eleven I had, everything the way they wanted, with Bo Schembechler and Tyron Lately or Tom Brady. They had to share one with the Brass. Well, they had to share one with the Brass. So, I mean, let's think of, look at this logically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why. That. I don't know where this national championship expectation came from. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I understand Ohio State that does need to be dealt with as a rivalry, and what? yeah, I don't like looking up their buddy there. But all in all, I just don't understand why you would ever want to get rid of Harbaugh because you know every every year you get we our expectation is well. I mean, is our team going to live up to the promise? I mean, we have expectations of winning a Big Ten title every year right now. That was not like that. Even under Lloyd Carr, toward the end of there, we were—I mean, we were hoping. Yeah. But it wasn't like it is right now, where it's over like the past couple of years, where it's just like, oh my god, we gotta get rid of him. And you and I both know people want to fire Lloyd Carr. I mean, yeah. So they want to fire everybody, because so. I'm sure Alabama fans want to fire Nick Saban sometimes. Oh, hundred percent. Especially after this weekend with Tua. So. Hot take on Tua. Excuse me. Should he been on the field? I have no problem with him being on the field. I mean, it was almost the end of the first half. He probably wasn't going to play in the second half. It was just a freak injury. That, yeah. Was it a good injury? No, because it ended Bo Jackson's career. So I hope this doesn't hurt his career. It's definitely going to hurt his draft stock. I hear unless that. He comes, unless he red shirts next year and comes back and plays another year. I saw that the girl that got hit in the Georgia game is all right. Good. I saw it on the ESPN bottom line this morning. I thought she was dead. She was just <laughs> 100%. She did not move. No. And she was out. Well, first of all, she was knocked out cold. Yeah. So, like, of course, you're not going to move when you're knocked out cold. But even when she got revived, we were together watching this. There was no – usually you see a hand or a foot move, and then you're like, okay, well, they're going to be all right. 
I mean, as a parent that's had their kid lay on a field and everyone is around them and you're wondering what's going on, the minute you see a hand or a foot move, you, you just you just feel differently about the whole thing. Right? I think she was so tight, down so tight on the board that she couldn't move. <laughs> At least probably, her eyes were open. Yeah, I think you were probably right. So, Well, All right. anything else? Oh, I see that the bubonic plague is back in China. Nice. Yeah. We can talk about the elephant in the room. I don't think it would be necessarily a bad thing. So if we want to mention that really quick, we can. I think some people that listen to us probably wouldn't mind necessarily just hearing it. So our friend is no longer with Under Bay Theater. Oh, yeah. Jeff Mendock is moving on. Yeah. Um, sad that we're losing a friend in the area. Oh, yeah. Yes. But excited for him and his next stage well, of his I'm life. I'm always going to be happy for Jeff. Yeah, him and his wife. Because his wife's page is wonderful. We love her. Oh, yeah. Both friends of the pod. Yes. So. I mean, it's going to be a major loss for the community and the theater. Because he really did do a lot in the area. Well, the, the, Not only at the theater, but in church. And well, I mean, he was one of those people. You don't see it very much. And... For me, and I know for you, for someone that's not from Alpena, well, let's just say someone that lives in Alpena, it doesn't matter whether they're from Alpena or not, you don't see something like that very often. Just get in, dig in the community like yeah. that and have a relationship with the kids. And, I mean, I've been in Meyer with Jeff and just random kids walk up to him, Mr. Mendock, you know, and um, – it is a true tragedy and loss for Alpina if they do indeed move on, which it sounds like they're probably working on. And probably what happened because he's super talented. So, I mean. It's a sad day, but he's doing what's best for him. And, and he's excited. And as selfish, the selfish part of us, we're sad and whatever. But at the same time, we love them both and we're excited and happy for yes. them. And hopefully they pick somewhere really warm <laughs> so in the winter time. Well, at least someplace without any snow would be nice. Yeah. They have some ideas, yeah. but we'll just get to that later. Yeah. So, well, that's a pretty good first segment for not having any idea what we're going to do. Yeah, we're just going we're off the cuff here. And right at the last time with it. Yeah. So, we'll take a break and we'll come back. All right. Whatever. What are we going to talk about? So we could talk about ourselves. Since people well, know us, but they don't really know us. I mean, you're not wrong there, and I think it could be an interesting thing. Let's do this. Let me let me ask you this: mm-hmm. How did your race go? The race went well. I was surprised. There was a little bit of a dip in participation, but there was an uptick in the costumes, so that made me happy. I think the dip in participation, my personal opinion, had everything to do with the weather that was going on. Oh, yeah. It was crazy in the morning. And, and the scared some people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I'm, and I think we both have talked about this, but I thought we should talk about it on the pod. So um, next year. Next year it'll be right on Halloween. Halloween is on a Saturday. Yes. How flipping cool is that? It is. And I know we've talked about everything from having, I know it's been mentioned about having scares on the Race course to having candy stations for kids to just 
being able to really embrace this Halloween theme that we've tried to, that's always been hard because it's... Yeah. I mean, we've, we've tried to have it as close to Halloween as possible. So that's the goal we've always had. And our luck, it actually falls on Halloween. Yeah. So I think, I think next year, by default, it's going to be amazing because people just, it's just working out. And I think you're just going to see this huge uptick in numbers, even if it rains. I, I don't think it's the weather that matters. I hope so. And I'm going to share my theory on that. Well, I'm going to tell you why it's going to work. If we know. Because we're going to have the waffle bar again. Well, if we know it's not going to be good, the ratings are going to be bad. We could just merely make candy stations inside that room for kids. And yeah. they can come. Yeah. And if people want to make a free will donation, they can. And you have that room, and it gets so warm in there, and people are able. I mean, you and I both know. Part of it for you, especially for you, the gratifying part is seeing those kids happy okay. and getting to see that and everything, and being able to create that environment for them. Even if you know, even if it was pouring hats and dogs outside, and people were like, oh, "We know those kids, parents buy the costumes. Yeah. The kids want to wear the costumes." So giving them an opportunity in a warm, dry environment, it's going to work no matter what next year. So. Um, and to know that that's our worst case scenario for this year or for next year, yeah. it's still going to be great because even if it all goes to hell in a handbasket, we know it's still going to work. Yeah. So um, I think that's the good news. So um, you have the, the glorious decision of figuring out who we're going to support next year. And you have some time. Can I get some input from my board? <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, um, I think it'd be interesting to talk to a couple of the people that have come to your race the past couple of years, ask them if they want to join. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you have an opportunity now where it's, I mean, you're going to be at your fourth. Yeah. So I just think there's um, some opportunity to do a lot of different things, and it's going to be the Halloween day. I'm more worried about, believe it or not, year five and year four, <laughs> just because I think this year's a lamp almost. And it's just going to be so great and cool. And then we're going to, the only thing I'm glad is that Halloween's not on a leap year. I mean, it is this year. Yeah. So next year, Halloween will be on a Sunday. So you'll have the day before. Yeah. It'll still be a part of that weekend. So that's going to be great. And, uh, so you almost got two years of. I hope so. Yeah. So um, I just want to make this, I mean, it's been a success the past three years. I just want it to keep going. Yeah. And I think that you've, Got a real tough call or a tough decision, and um, people are always chiming on the pod. Lord knows it would be nice if they didn't, but um, you, the date you pick is always tough. You never – I mean, we you're aware, very well aware that you can make it at the beginning of October yeah. and make a, and not deal with as much of a chance of weather, but you like the idea of having it toward Halloween. Yes. So it's – you know, it's a tough call, and it continues to be every year. Two of the we've done it two to three years. Uh, one year we had terrible weather. Last year, this year wasn't bad. No, I mean it snowed and rained a little bit in the morning, but it stopped. It was been cold every year we've done it. But in the first year, was probably the worst because everybody was outside and we didn't have the merchants building. So. Yeah. Having a merchant's building has been a game changer. Yeah. yeah. Year one, the main, if you had to pick one word other than, we, I thought we raised a lot of money at first year, was cold. Yeah. It was just cold. It was freezing. It was freezing. And we didn't have any shelter. So it just 
compounded itself. So yeah, you don't think of the word cold now this year. No, I mean, in these past two years, you because of the shelter. So I mean, you're right. It was a game changer for you, and um, you know, I think we'll continue to. to um, I mean, big props to Dairy Queen for stepping up this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone seemed to be excited yeah, about when that. When I announced that, they were like, oh, <gasps> yeah. And, um, big gaps. Yeah, so like that. And I think they'll probably do that again for us next year. And um, just, I think, as we try to get better, more creative ideas to grow it and, you know, yeah. incentivize people. And um, yeah. So I just I don't think there's any problem with that. No. Anything wrong with that at all. So we're definitely gonna have the waffle bar again because we went through three boxes of mix and everybody seemed to like the waffles. And I think the people making the waffles seem to enjoy it. Like the whole thing just went well. So yeah. um and it's the waffle bar is a great example of things that you're willing to try to continue to, to make the event more of a whole thing. And yeah. um I know we've Talked about even serving birthday cake next year. So, I mean, well, it is Zachary's birthday. So, <laughs> we probably will. So, we're, um, we're going to embarrass the shit out of the cake. Yeah, so, um, you know, there's just lots of open opportunities there oh, yeah. for all of that. There's so. so many things we could do. So. I thought we'd talk about another thing since we're updating your life. You now have a roommate. I do. Yeah, and we don't have to necessarily give his name. No, so, um, but one um, of Allison's, your wife's co-workers. Yeah, the one we talked about would it happen kind of came through. So, um, I know we talked a long time, probably what a year on the pod almost about you trying to find a roommate. And well, it was it's been eight months or so. Yeah, I so. think the old one left in February or March. Okay. So and then you had Lucas slide in for a little bit. <clears throat> and then, of course, um, after Lucas, once the fall season began. Um, he was able to move back to the theater and yeah. the room opened up again. So. Um, side note, for people that care or don't care, I care because I, I find that these two things hilarious. Um, something that we've talked and discussed in the pod, you're in new windows. I am. So that does two things. One, it's not going to be nearly as hot in here during the summer. No, because I'm getting sliding windows so it can open. And I know this will make you chuckle. We also have added bird ambiance because I know it just seems like I never noticed the bird when we were recording, but the minute I listened to it back through, that's all I hear is the flipping bird in the background. Yeah. So. Bird ambiance. It would be pretty cool. Yeah. So. Um, plans for Christmas. Um, and nothing big right now. We have a Thatcher family Christmas party on the 14th. We're waiting for, we think Skeeter and Jojo will be able to come for that. Mm-hmm. Just waiting on our front Christmas party come together. I should know that this week. So um, there's a couple things that went on that now I'm just kind of, I wanted to give Justin ample time to cool down from his funerals before I leaned on him for that. So, um, but I did talk to him. I mean, I did mention it to him already. Hey, can I do it? How much? Whatever. So hopefully he gave me the details this week. So, um, talk about this week. You're going to be a board member for the Hurt Loft. Wednesday when they vote. I'm sure you got the email today. I told Justin I would be there to vote the shit out. (laughs) I thought it was interesting. Um, we can briefly talk about it. So 
um, me and then uh, Rick both applied to be board members for Arnold. I know you even thought about it for a little bit. Um, I forgot all about the lunch. Which is really just what it came down to. <laughs> Otherwise, I probably would have been there. Um, a couple things with reading that email. One, wow, not a lot of men. No. Mostly female names, so I was like definitely glad Rick did it because otherwise, I don't know, I would have probably had second thoughts. <laughs> I've already served on a committee where there's a lot of women, only one guy, and I did not thoroughly enjoy yeah. that experience. Um, it's fun at first, but then it just gets weird because women make it clicky and interactive with you. They just yeah. talk about women stuff, and then you, you kind of just sit there and you're like, Sure. If you mm-hmm. make a comment and it almost yeah. comes across, it's kind of you being get these sex- looks. Like- yeah, you almost are being sexist. You don't mean to be. It's just you don't know what to do. Like you know, and then so you just yeah, I just feel like it's a lot better if I just. But it's good to have senior involved. Um, yeah, so that'll be Wednesday. Um, I look forward to it. I just told Justin we had a little questionnaire about what we thought we could do for the loft. I told him I thought I could help. Raise some money, but bring in new members. I told them more than anything else, bring in more people to the law. So, um, I don't know, we'll see how it goes. And I think it's a two year term, so, um, kind of like the United Way with Allison. I think Allison's on the United Way for a three year term, so, um, we both have kind of broken off into our own little things that we want to do. And, um, she's stayed on for the United Way, and super proud of her for that. Um, I know I'm five years was a lot. I was burned out. I still am. I get exhausted just thinking about it. I kind of, if you kind of hear it, I, I kind of do this resigned thing in my voice. And um, you spent a lot of time with her, but and energy, you know, it was just this whole. I mean, I don't have any problems. I don't think our pod listeners are that massive where it's like, oh my god, why did you ruin that? But we have an article coming out on the Alpina News at some point here over the next week or two or whatever they did this whole big feature on me and Allison um and our relationship with United Way and what we believe United Way does I mean it's essentially us pimping United Way okay. one last time and I kind of said to the, the person interviewing us at the time I was like just out of curiosity why did you ask us and I'm like well we know you're really involved in United Way and the first thing out of my mouth was well I'm not anymore so I don't know why you're really having me here. Just be honest. I mean, and I guess what I'm trying to say is if you wanted to call Joe Directory in here, who's the new executive director, yeah. maybe him and Allison would be better suited to have this conversation than me and Allison. But he's like, well, no, I wanted to do it about you two and all your community stuff, but primarily focusing on the other way. And I was just like, I mean, I get it. I do. It's just... Allison's doing all the heavy lifting now in the United Way for us as a couple. And sometimes I feel bad because people will tie me into things when she's doing all the work. And I feel bad for her on that. So I don't, that's all really. When I just, you just, you feel like she's not getting all the shine. She's well, doing. yeah. And I, you know, those of who, those people who served on a board, boards are thinkless positions. Oh, yeah. A lot of times they're, you're asking people to volunteer their time and do a lot of work that sometimes doesn't work out at all. As you've seen with the race, some things we've done have worked out brilliantly and other things you just kind of shake your head and pick yourself up and move on because it's the only thing you can do. And then, but either way, it's not that you don't appreciate 
you want to make sure that everything and everyone is doing, even if it's nothing at all, is appreciated because you could be doing it alone and not have any help. So sometimes it's better just to have one for the ride. And I've been on enough boards and served on enough things where I've seen people not do anything at all. And I told Justin that I've really had a hard time deciding what I want to do because a lot of people ask me. And I told him, I don't know if I have it in me just to do all that crap anymore because it just wears me out. And today we had to go talk to Bruce about hospice, um, which I wanted to talk about. That's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Um, for Jumanji, asked him to be a sponsor. And it's tough to go in there. And I've asked my boss 15 times every year, asking him to give money to something. And it's not necessary me asking, but people will come up to me and go, hey, will you talk to Bruce? And then it's just it's hard, you know, and especially it's Christmas time. And, of course, you know, there's 800,000 things going on. And then it's just – but they said, hey, we, you know, it's always tough. I can't say no to hospice in Michigan. So they say just that one thing, and I'm just like, all right, where do you want me to do So, So let's pivot on that. So I don't have the date. Let me look it up. You might know it better than I do. It's in December. It's right early. December 10th. It's a Tuesday night. So the writer or director, one of the two, and I'm sorry I'm not better at this. This is why Alison's doing this because she's better at this. Somebody very, very high up the food chain on the Jumanji movie had a grand, had a parent that lived in Grand Rapids that used hospice in Michigan. So this person decided to take four locations within the city of Michigan, Alpena, who, by the way, on percentage base, uses the most hospice of Michigan in the entire state of Michigan. Grand Rapids, Detroit, and Cadillac. I think of the four locations. I think it was Traverse City. Or Traverse City, okay. The, night, the week before Jumanji 2 comes out, they're, they're doing a pre-release party. Uh, we're going to do this party at Arnold Loft for here in Alpena. And then we're going to leave from the loft and head down the street and then go to the movie theater. Um, you know, hospital, originally, I'm going to tell you something really sad, and then I, I know you won't like hear me telling the story. Um, originally, they were fundraising for um, infant grief support or infant uh, families. And Lord behold, at the time they started this, over the past couple of weeks, or uh, you know, during the fundraising process, they hadn't had any, which is good, right? We didn't want to, but just recently there's been some, a couple, and it's kind of super sad that there are a couple families that are using this, you know, infant group support thing that it's just tragic, can't even imagine. So, um, but all that is going to help their hospice services. The money stays local right here in Northeast Michigan. And as I said just a little while ago, hard to believe, but, um, Northeast Michigan is one of hospice of Michigan's most biggest area, its biggest customer, client, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, don't know. And as you, I know you, your family has a history of hospice of Michigan. Obviously, I do. So we don't need to beat that no. to death here. But um, I think tickets are $50, which is expensive. You do get the movie. I think there's some popcorn involved. Um, and then um, you get to see the movie a whole week before. Yeah. So. Um, and hey, they $50 to get you two tickets, I believe. 
don't know. Oh man, I'm not. It doesn't say here. I'm a bad fundraiser. It just says general general admission tickets for fifty dollars, and all tickets include refreshments and a pre movie event that aren't in the loft. So I don't know. <laughs> so the last bit in this is that, as a lot of you know, me and my story. I have been part of the hospice uh, room or walk committee for the past, blimps, you know, I don't know, five years. And they got rid of the walk-in. They, they tried this this year. And I've kind of backed off because I said, hey, I really want to be part of the walk committee. Um, <clears throat> give somebody else the chance to help. You know, there's a lot of people that use hospice in Michigan and have the opportunity to help with that. And as to this whole thing, long story short, I'm emceeing this event now. So you come into the lobby to watch me stumble through this whole thing. Um, originally, when they pitched this to me six months ago, they said they were going to try to get some out of it here. That's probably not happening now. But I said, hey, if there's a chance I could meet The Rock, yeah. I'm in. Or Kevin Hart, either one of those guys. Well, probably not going to be Kevin Hart now. That's probably not going to be Kevin Hart now. But um, I always think, I mean, I just keep hope. You ever yeah. could be The Rock? He can fly in. Up here, he's got a great airport. We do. It's accessible. Yes. Fly, fly in. to Detroit. Boom. The rocks out. Imagine how crazy those people would be on the ride up from Detroit to Alpena. Oh, man. So, yeah. Could happen. So there's that. Um, Maybe I'll buy my ticket tonight. I know Alice's mom bought a ticket. I need to buy the ticket because I'm going to be there. So, and then I mean, I don't have to buy a ticket because I've been seeing them. But I mean, Hospice in Michigan was there for me at a time in my life that I had no idea what bleep I was doing, and um, it's kind of a mess. I mean, you don't know that because you were there for it. And it's very interesting as I've told this to this new group of friends I've had. Honestly, only Allison and Brad, and maybe Matt a little bit, but really only Brad and Allison were the only really friends I have in my life now that remember what it was. And, and I'm not saying that that's bad on my, the people in my life, but the simple truth of the was is I was just busy taking care of my mom. So I didn't have a lot of time to do other things other than work, do the volunteer work, and then take care of my mom. And then I sprinkled seeing you in between, calling you as I help my mom thought I need help. Um, just weird shit like that so um you didn't know these people before that oh no i didn't know and you know i'm not saying it's just like you know a lot of these guys justin and griffin in particular um talk about their mom i've met their mom you've met their moms and their moms are awesome so they'll talk and i'll mention something about my mom something stupid and something she did and they'll be like man you're i wish i could have met your mom i'm like well maybe not because (laughs) I mean, as you know, my mom was kind of crazy in the best way possible. So, I mean, it's just... Um, I don't they would have loved your mom. Oh, well, I tell you this much. My mom would have loved that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah. I just always chuckle at it. I go, Justin's light event. My mom totally would have been there. Because, I mean, elevator access, easy on and oh, off yeah. for a scooter, just would have been an absolute headache. <laughs> Running over people's toes and just, I just, oh, my God. So, <laughs> oh, God, bless her. So, yeah. Uh, what else are we talking about? Anything else that you got planned on coming down the pipe over up to the end of the year? No, nothing I can think of right now. I mean, other than 
I'm going to Flint Friday, Thursday for uh, HGD training. So I'll be learning all about the new, new Silverado this week. Other than that, I'm just kind of laying low. And then Friday, um, as you are part of this now, um, we're having our family Thanksgiving lunch. I think I the 19th hole, which is way expensive, but it's convenient because it's right there for Jordan and me and then Kelsey and Abe and Jake. So really what's going on is we're meeting the boyfriend. Yeah. So uh, next Friday after Thanksgiving. The Friday after Black Friday, which I told Kelsey it's going to be a cluster bleep. Well, I think if we keep – I don't know if the 19th hole has a really big Black Friday lunch population. Like if we would have gone to Applebee's, it would just be a zoo. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like – or anything on that side of town, it's just going to be crazy. But I don't think – 19th hole gets that busy, so. which is a good thing. Not so. really that many shopping places over there. Yeah. And I told, uh, already told Jamie and Bruce, I need a couple hours off because then we're going to pivot and they do the float. And uh, yeah, the float is cray cray. Today we had a really big day on the float. I walked 50,000 steps prepping for the float. Mm. I'm showing Brad the video of said float right now. And it is, that's just for the band. So again, we're doing two floats, and then that's just for the band. We are probably about two-thirds of the way done. We just need to put another Clark Griswold set of lights on that thing so you can see it from the moon. And then um, we'll be on it to the next float. So. All right. Well, look good so far. So. Yeah. It actually, you know, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about Christmas, Christmas floats, but they always look but freaking ugly during the day you just look at them you're like that's so disgusting but at night when you kick out all the lights then you're like oh my god this looks amazing so um this looks we took all the lights off in the service department while guys were like digging at hammers and drills and everything and uh, probably should not have done that but we wanted to see it and um that looks amazing so uh, we're yeah I'm not, I, I personally want it to be a surprise. I don't talk too much about it. I occasionally post the teaser pic. And I mean, for my good friends, I show them like you. Yeah. The rest of you guys are just going to have to freaking wait in the cold. So um, and that's just the way I like it. So. All right. Come back to our top five? Yeah. Unless there's anything else. We, we'll round that out. Yeah. I'm good right now. Okay. Perfect. It's been hard getting a chance to work out when everything closes so early. And I don't get done working until late at night. Where can I even go to stay in shape? Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center is the place you seek. Whoa, where's that at? It's located at US 23 South in Alpena, across from Kiff Miller's Produce in the Lutz Plaza. Wow, thanks, God. Anytime, bro. Zen 24-Hour Fitness Center. For more information, find us on Facebook or call 884-4397. Zen, find peace in your busy life and get a workout when you want it. So a couple things happened on the break. One, Justin sent us a video of Cassius Winston dressing the cryo with his brother's suicide. Super cool. Senator what calling in there. Because I'm sure that's probably what it was. Yeah, well, I'm going to say that. Because he just got hit by an Amtrak train. Yeah. Um, so first things first, I don't know if I've ever said this, but Cassius Winston is my favorite Spartan of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's either him or Magic. On the outside chance, maybe Jay Richardson. But the problem I have is, as you know, is I like kids that stay four years. So as much as, like, I love magic, I I love Jay Richardson. I really like it when kids stay four years. So, like, that's why I like JJ and Shane are, like, one and two. 
and all the other Johnny Shire, all these kids that stayed four years at Duke. I mean, sure, Kyrie Irving is great, and so is Zion. I mean, I love them, but like, yeah, you get it. Yeah, I love the upper class. Yeah, of course. So yeah, so there's that. And then the second thing is, you just bought your ticket for Javon and Jimmy. I did. So, um, I bet either way, you're going to get a, a popcorn. Because if you don't get the popcorn, I'll give it to you. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> there was no option. It was just either $50 or nothing. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can make an open-ended donation there, but you need to donate at least 50 to get yeah. that. So, um, thank you very much. That's awesome. Super appreciated. And. Um, it's it sucks we need something like hospice in Michigan in the world, but um, yeah, that's enough of that. So our top five tonight. Our top five is top five podcasts we listen to. We do a podcast. Might as well say which ones we listen to. So let's go backwards. I'll go first. All right, and then you can go last. All right. So my fifth is Jonah and Jacoby. Believe it or not. Maybe you think it'd be a little higher on the list, but it's not. So, what's wrong with that? Um, first of all, you turned me on to Jalen Jacoby. Oh, a little bit. I mean, briefly. And, um, but I like them primarily for a whole bunch of different reasons. Not only because Jalen likes this from Michigan and he loves everything about that, but um, they, they, I mean, they just, I love their segments. They have a whole bunch of different segments that they do. Yeah. And um, above and beyond all, you could tell, which I think is key with a lot of these, you can tell their friends. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So that's my number five. They didn't make my list. So. That's all right. There's, I have issues with it, but I still love it. I just, all right. Anyway, my number five is How Was Your Run Today? It's a running-based podcast. It's just two guys in Boston. They're older guys. They're not that old. They're late, mid to late 40s. But they're just regular guys who just decided to run the Boston Marathon one year. And they decided to do a podcast to document that. And it's just gone from there. They talk about their injuries and all that. Which and it's sort of like what we have going on here. It's not too big. I mean, we're smaller than they are, but right. No, I understand what you're saying. It's not super large professional yeah. setup where there's a studio yeah. and all. Yeah, I mean, they that. produce their own and yeah. all that. Yeah. So, um, running injuries are obviously the older you get, the better chance they are. Yes. You and I both have had fought through injury running and different all the health issues. So I mean. Um, it's almost maybe I'll think about giving them a listen. So my number four, it's kind of a hit and miss thing. So um, I thoroughly enjoy NBA's 30 for 30. Oh, yeah. or, sorry, ESPN's 30 for 30 podcast series. My problem is I don't like them all. But there are a couple in there that are just dying of freaking might. And I know you know that. Yeah. I know oh, you yeah. to they, too, so. they do a good job. Yeah, so that would be my number four. All right. I do like that one. <laughs> I got this huge list. Uh, number four, we are going to go with Heavyweight. Ooh. It is 
hosted by God, what is his name? Damn it. Jonathan Goldstein. He it's hard to explain what this is about. He talks to people who I guess they have this heavy weight on their heart okay. or on their soul or something. And so like they haven't seen somebody in so long and they miss this person mm-hmm. and they don't know what happened and all this. And so he contact, contacts these people or finds out what happened. And so he brings these people together, have them, have them connect with whatever. Cause one t- couple of weeks ago was he, was talking to a, he had a guy who was a drug addict and while he was doing all these drugs, he was living with his dad, but he was selling all his dad's possessions to buy the drugs. So he went to jail or whatever, got clean and came out and was like, all right, I want to find my dad's gun that I sold. It was a world, world war two gun from that his dad's dad brought back from Germany and he couldn't find it. And so Jonathan Goldstein helped him track the gun down and get it back. And it just, it's a nice little podcast. Do the people ever not reconcile? Is it sometimes uh, stuff's just too deep that they can't get past um, it? Uh, they, uh, there might be some points where they're like, they, they'll talk, but they won't yeah. continue the relationship. <clears throat> okay. Do they ever go back and update people on past stories, or uh, they not on past stories? He usually just he gives a little update at the end of the episode. Okay, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, that's certainly a sweet path. Yeah, I don't know how I found it. But. Yeah. So all my next three are out on the Ringer Network. Because I was going to cheat. <laughs> so, but I mean. I'm just being honest. So my number two or number three for me is the podfather himself. So I know he's gone through a lot of whatever it is, but he's kind of, I mean, I don't want to say he started podcasts because that's certainly not the case. No. I mean, you know, I know better than that, but he has definitely been one of the main influences of the podcasting world. He's in a way perfected the podcast. Yes. All right. My number three is going to be, Conan O'Brien needs a friend. It is one of the funniest podcasts I've ever listened to. And I love Conan O'Brien. So just, he talks to famous people, but it is just such a relaxed and he gets people to just be themselves. And it's just hilarious. I think, I don't know if we've done a very good job of that. Being honest with our guests. I mean, you and I are that way. Obviously, I think people can even tell right now when we're yeah. talking, it's almost like you're just sitting in on the conversation. Yeah. But I wish in a lot of ways, I appreciate that totally. As someone that's conducted interviews here or just whatever, it's being able to sit down with people and open up. I think those are some of the most entertaining podcasts. Or just like we said, Jalen and Jacoby, that's one of my reasons why I love them is because when Jacoby screws up the intro, when Jalen calls him out or when Jalen is late, and then Joe yeah. was like, I've been waiting for you a half hour, you know, just like, those are the things that 
to me are so entertaining. And then because we can get sports news from anywhere. Oh, let's yeah. be honest. You yeah. know what I mean? So they're, they're fun to listen to. Yes. Number two, um, I'm um, through Bill Simmons and Gianni Jacoby. It's through Watchables. Yeah. Is that your number two? In a way, yes. Okay. Um, but the real, my favorite thing about the rewatchables is they changed for me. See, I don't listen to any Game of Thrones or any of those podcasts, ones where they analyze TV shows. Yeah. So I've, I've never done that. So in all fairness, I know that, that the rewatchables aren't the first, but I never realized that, that it changed for me what podcasting could be. You know, first of all, I'm super jealous of the fact that you can use all these sound bites from movies in their pod. Super jealous of that. But, um, you know, I both love Shay. Well, Shay Sean is the best. Yeah. So, like, and when he's featured on there, I super get excited, just especially the Fast and Furious ones. He loves Fast and Furious, and I do too. So, those are just, there's a lot of just different layers to that whole thing. And, um, kind of to his John Wick podcast. Yes. With a pencil. Yes. <laughs> Just the fact that you did a whole series of podcasts on John Wick. Yes. And I've listened to like a handful of them, but yeah, they're just unbelievable. Yeah. So um, you're an old man or what it's going to be. So, but let's go ahead and do your number two. Well, my number two is the Ringer Podcast Network, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and you got the Bill Simmons Podcast. There was. Ryan Rosillo podcast. Which just came over to the ringer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Rewatchables and the Book of Basketball 2.0. Yeah. Which is another Bill Simmons podcast. And probably my favorite is The Hottest Take. It's a Spotify exclusive, but it's eight to ten minute podcast and it's just crazy ideas these people come up with. Yeah. They try to justify them and <laughs> Someone was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. There's a lot on – I listened to a lot from Ringer, so I just decided to throw them all together into one. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. I, mean, I can understand as a, for you how that is. Um, I tell you what I want. I want SVP and Ryan in the same room doing a pod. This phony in stuff, it's great. Don't get me wrong. They could have done a better job they, with that one. They do a great job of still having that camaraderie over the phone. Yeah. But those two together are some of it's it's like I did so Gio and Jacoby. That's their goal when they're together. And um, when Ryan and SVP went off on the old dirty bastard rant. <laughs> yes. I need more of that in my life. <laughs> my number one has been through three different networks, I believe. Uh, went through Yahoo, went through the Defeated, and now it is currently on the Ringer, and it hasn't been out for uh, almost six months now. He's a busy guy. He is a busy he's guy. Not in New York anymore. So. He's not in New York, and he just joined Instagram. So his social media blackout that he talked about so infamously is over. So, but Brian, uh, if you don't know, then I don't even know why you're listening to our podcast because yeah. you should know who this is, and yeah. I know you know. But I will tell you, it's JJ Reddick. Yeah. So. I actually enjoyed his podcast. His podcast is great for a whole bunch of reasons, right? One, it's self-deprecating. Yes. And which it's made me like him a lot more. I mean, I always loved JJ, but to know that he knows he was a douchebag makes it okay <laughs> for me. I mean, it makes me like him that much more. Um, I like the fact that he kind of does what Jalen does, opens the curtain back to a lot of NBA players. And um, 
him and his, him and Chris Paul's interviews were great because you could tell they were genuinely. Um, and I like the fact that they hated each other in college, so like that makes it even better. So like they could talk about that and poke fun at it. So you're number one. I can't wait to hear this. Well, my number one is another. It's two podcasts, but they're both hosted by Paul Shear. And the one is Unspooled, where they, him and this lady movie critic, they are talking about the AFI Top 100 movies from the 2007 list made. And they've gone, they've gone through the list in different ways. But they break down each movie and then they decide if the movie should be on the top 100 list or if they would kick it off. And they've recently they've talked about Forrest Gump and uh, the Godfather 1 and 2 and Pulp. I don't, can't remember if they did Pulp Fiction or not, but mm, I just, I love movies. So. Yeah, I've been listening to Cinephile now and then. And the problem I have with Cinephile, and I don't know if you know, we care to comment on this one you're talking about, is that Adnan's very, like, almost snobby in his way he views movies. That's just, these two are sort of like that, too. So it kind of sometimes off-puts me, like, he just feels like he's so much better because he knows movies. And as a person who used to work at a video store, and when people used to ask me for a movie, and I would tell them, this movie, and... But I would tell you about 50% of the time they'd come back, I'm like, man, that movie's terrible. Yeah. And I'm like, I would always ask, well, what didn't you like about it? And I'm like, and they would say, like, oh, well, it just wasn't very realistic. And I'm like. It's a movie. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah like, at what point of inception did you think it was a real movie? <laughs> so, like, my whole thing is, if I'm entertained in a movie, I think it's a good movie. Yeah. And the more I entertain it, I get, and the more I escape with it, the more I like it. And I can tell you there's movies like Den of Thieves where I'm kind of watching the whole time and I'm like, is this a good movie or isn't it? And at the very end, they just hit you with this whole like, are you freaking kidding me moment? And then you're like, oh my God, this is the best movie ever. So that stuff can happen too. Yeah. I want to watch Den of Thieves since it was on the rewatchables, but can't find it anywhere. I own it. So we can somehow watch it. But I only own it digitally. So, like, right now you can watch it on this, my yeah. computer. So, but yeah. Great. So, the second podcast is How Did This Get Made? Oh, you've talked about this one before. Yes. It's another It's another one hosted by Paul Shear and then Jason. Oh, I suck with their names. But anyway, they talk about some of the worst movies ever made. And they like to do live shows and so it's really interactive that way because they go through the audience and ask questions but sometimes they do really good movies and they love to talk about the fast and furious franchise because yeah. they just think it's amazing and awesome and yeah. so but it's along with conan brian needs a friend this is probably the funniest podcast I've ever listened to because <laughs> they say some of the craziest stuff. So and they awesome. actually make shirts of some of the stuff they say. That's awesome. Because they one time they were talking about movie mannequin, 
<laughs> somehow somebody asked a question, it was like, well, where's the butt start? <laughs> it's just stuff like this, and they make t-shirts of it. That's awesome. I listen to it at work, and I try to hold in my laugh. Sometimes I just, yeah, I got to let it go. I like to listen to the podcast when I shovel snow mow the lawn. And you will see me mowing the lawn, just chuckling at some of this stuff. Yeah. Like, um, the rewatchables that usually happen, they'll, they'll start picking on each other or laughing about something. And as Shay, as you and I talk about with Shay, and, and his um, passion he has for Fast and Furious franchise, I appreciate that he acknowledged it's ridiculous. <sighs> you know, and I think the people that don't like Fast and Furious don't like it for that reason. Like, oh my God, they just. Should they really just jump off a cliff and live and just stuff like that? But yes, yeah, it's a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Check those out if you ever want to listen to a podcast. Yeah, I mean, you've talked about the one almost since we started this pod. So, what episode are we on, by the way? Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Wow. We saw that last episode out there. Yeah. 68? Would that be 68? Or is that 65? No, it's 65. Okay, so 65. I will get that done this week, I promise. And to the girls. So I just want for a top five. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It is our, probably our best top five we've ever had. The one with Justin. The yeah. last one with Justin. That's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Well, his top fives are entertaining. Well, and I've talked about this recently. I was proud of that tough. As you should be, because you put a lot of work and you had a theme. Not only did you have a theme, but you had a theme for the theme, which is like just it's ridiculous. So I'm very proud of you. So, all right. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back, find out what we're doing this weekend, and go from there. All right. All right. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? Um, let's see. On Thursday, I'm going to vote. For board members that aren't in the loft. Other than that, I don't know. Saturday, there is a benefit for Jerry, who works at the credit union, Jerry Schmidt. His daughter is going through some treatments and stuff. Um, I think it's at Eagles and Assany. Is that where it's at? I have no idea. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't sure. seen much on it. But there is a benefit for him Saturday. I think it's at 4 p.m. So I have that loosely booked out. That's about the only thing I'm going on other than hunting season. I might Sunday go shoot a deer. And then um, also Sunday morning we have that thing. Yes. And then also I hope this weekend I want to get Alice and I's Christmas photos done for a Christmas card because this year I kind of want to do something a little bit different with the Christmas card. So, um, yeah. So that's it. Other than that, it's kind of a, a quiet week. Yeah. I've talked to a couple people on the pod. They've all talked about wanting to come on at the end of the year, or maybe the beginning of next year, which doesn't do us a lot of good right now. So, uh, excuse me. If you don't hear from us by the 20, you will hear from us by the 26th of May. We will just do this again. Yeah. Okay. So, but I will in the meantime try to find someone. I have two people I need to contact, and one of them is Dr. Van Wagner. So, I'm going to see if he'll come on and. Um, I just talked to him Friday and just didn't feel like the right opportunity to sit on talk with him. So, but I appreciate the time together. Yeah, I needed. I was really grumpy, and you really turned my night around. I don't know if you knew that or not, but you have. 
Say it was very taxing for me. I don't know what's for you. It was it's a, been a rough week. It was yeah. It was a bit of a rough week for you and I. I'm glad we kind of got together and just yeah. kind of did this. And made me feel a little bit better. That's why we're besties. That's right. All right. So we'll talk to you guys in a couple weeks. All right. See ya.